this episode of What's the Hazard is being brought to you by these incredibly generous true believers in workplace safety and health. And I am truly grateful for their support. Custom Concrete Specialists, CCS Group, and Cheyenne Wolford. My buddy Jim Cover down at the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group. Jim and all of his consultants. John Falowich and Falowich Construction Services. And our latest sponsor, Building Omaha. Building Omaha is a partnership between the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW, and the National Electrical Contractors Association, NECA. They pair highly trained electrical professionals with industry contractors to ensure they're able to serve customers safely and effectively. Building Omaha, the partnership that powers our city. Learn more at buildingomaha.org. Thank you all. We appreciate your support. All right, now let's get into this episode. Uh, This is Doug Fletcher, and you are listening to What's the Hazard? I'm here with my buddy Jim Steele. We just finished up a really interesting episode on the evolution of a safety mind and how we have evolved over the years, how we view and approach safety, which I think everyone is going to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about hazard communication. You called me. I was on the road a couple of days ago. You called with a, we were just discussing right, HazCom. Right, right. And you know, it's interesting because hazard communication has been the bane of so many people's <laughs> existence. It is really it's a really interesting regulation. It's always the top cited. It's right? always like the most frequently cited. Right. I'm not sure I could name anyone who's actually had an injury as a result of a Hascom issue. I mean, chemicals certainly, right? But not necessarily Hascom. But it gets cited all the time. It's easy, mm-hmm. kind of what we refer to in the OSHA parlance as easy pickings. You know, right. back in the old days. <laughs> but you know, there's so many facets to it. An unlabeled container citation. Don't have a data sheet citation. Chemical inventory doesn't have this on it. Citation. I mean, it's really, I don't know, man. Is it really making people's lives safer all the time? I don't know. Right. But one of the one of the big challenges that I've seen that you've experienced is um, safety data sheet management mm-hmm. and, and the challenges that that poses. So talk a little bit about what you guys are considering and, and the evolution of that process. Well, I'd, I'd start off in case OSHA's listening to say we're 100% compliant, <laughs> right, right? We're 100% compliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do have challenges. And, right. Everyone and, does. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, part of the deal is that uh, Hascom was written before there were computers, right? Right. It was, it was the idea was that you were going to have these three-ring binders hanging by the time clock, and they would be accessible to everybody, and whenever they wanted, they could just go and, you know, find the safety data sheet amongst the 15 three ring binders that right. they had and, and, um, and, which and never happened keep that up to date. Yeah. <clears throat> you're going to keep that up to date somehow. Yeah. But, um, and people made, I think a good effort at that. I've always made a good effort at trying to have those available. And then as computers became, uh, the prominent way, the predominant way that we wanted to, to have, uh, documents, yeah, manage documents that it makes sense. But then you have, well, how do you get, we have employees on the production line that, that they don't have a computer. They're not working with a computer. If they, right. they do, they do data entry. And so we're coming up with ways to make that, uh, uh, readily available to them. And we, we, we have uh, SharePoint is the way we're doing it now mm-hmm. by and large. And so, uh, we have someone that when we get a safety data sheet or a new chemical, we'll upload that to this SharePoint page and okay. SharePoint's evolving and we're wondering if that's not the way to go with it or if we want to go we have a another um, management system that that's called IQMS that that keeps track of everything in the plan and it's from accounting from an accounting purpose but okay. in there in this database you can put safety data you could put safety data sheets in there 
and you could affiliate them with whatever the product or the process that's going on and, and people can pull those data sheets up. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at going to that program, mm -hmm. but the accessibility for that actually is, so the question is that, so someone in the office doesn't necessarily then have that software program on their computer and they might have to go to someone and mm -hmm. ask them for the safety data sheet, which is prohibited, right? right? That's Well, that is the question because OSHA has always said, you read the letters of interp. I know mm -hmm. you've read them. You read, read the regulation. It says readily accessible. Right. And that has been interpreted to mean I shouldn't have to go through you to get to the data sheet. Right. I should have direct access to the data sheet. Right. And, and when it was a piece of paper hanging on the wall... As long as I could walk over to the binder, I had direct access, in theory, to a data sheet if I right. could find it in the thousands that were up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so the electronic management of this has become, you know, do all of my employees have that uh, read readily accessibility? Read read what am I trying to say? <laughs> I think they, get, they get it. I don't know. Or can they get the data sheet? <laughs> Is it easy to get? Maybe yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Sorry about that, mom. <laughs> my mom is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that is the question. So if we use some type of an electronic system, is it readily accessible? Mm -hmm. That yeah. is the question. And, and so, so I, you yeah. posed the question to me, which was brilliant. What about Google? Yeah. Everybody's got a smartphone. Yeah, everybody's got their phone. You can't, you, you can't, I mean, we have to prohibit people having their phone on the production floor. So right. they have to keep it in their locker and. We even have people now get off the subject, but we have people that will sometimes put their earbuds in their in their and then they put the headphones on over the, or put the earmuffs over that so that they can hear their secretly hidden cell phone that's down in their sock, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it seems to be very important to people to have. Oh yeah, you can't get them there. away from it. So right. the the question is, can someone just Google? You've got this chemical, you've got the label on it that's you know it's spring water, and here's the manufacturer. I can right. just look up safety data sheet for that. Right. And it's right there. It's Google. And right. just say, okay, go to Google, and you can do it at home. You can do it in the bathroom. Right, you it's can readily do it, accessible. And whatever. That doesn't even mean they have to have their cell phones on their person. If they had their, them in their locker, yeah, they could walk to their locker and do the same thing. Right. So search. Maybe, maybe the solution would be just having a list of safety data sheets, a list of chemicals with the manufacturer, have that posted on the wall, and mm -hmm. just say Google it. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting. That's an interesting hy hypothesis. I. I was reading through letters of interpretation last night because we had this conversation just recently, and I honestly don't spend a lot of time in the hazard communication regulation because it's not something that's really imminent in most of my um, clients' work sites. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't sure if anything had changed about that. If they, I actually was Googling, you know, OSHA, SDS, Google. Right. On Google, trying to right. find out if something had been posted. But... That is how we all access information. So it makes perfect sense that if an employee would know what to enter right. into the search engine, that would be a reasonable way of readily accessible. And SPSs. how the way that they would get that would be on the label, assuming mm -hmm. you had it labeled. Mm -hmm. If it's a secondary label, they would have to go back to the original label, probably to find the manufacturer or whatever. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but they could do that's accessible to them. If they're yeah. using the chemical, they have the. It's a really interesting proposition, man. I don't know so if then, OSHA has yeah, I don't know have if an it, opinion on this or not at this point. I hadn't I haven't called to ask. I was hoping mm -hmm. you would know. So yeah. it's funny. One of my meetings this morning, we were talking about that. We, we were kind of huddling up and trying to figure out the best way to manage this system. And they do have systems online that that go out and search the web and that they pull them into their database. And so it's just constantly uh, looking through the internet for safety data sheets mm -hmm. and. 
and pulling them into their system. And then if you pay them, they want like three grand from us to do it a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you can go in and you can search their database for your specific safety data sheet. And right. then you can just click on it. Right. And then it becomes affiliated with you and it's in your list in your database. I think you can set up other criteria where you could put in what department it was and things like that. I see. And so then you would have all of those safety data sheets. Plus you have their whole database that if you couldn't find something, you just would find it. You just click on it, and now it's on your list and it's part of your right. database. So interesting. That's kind of where we're leaning is going towards yeah. that. Those services, it's and actually a service that but, is yeah. designed to provide that. Right. Yeah. MSDS Online, for yeah. example, or some of these others. Right. I think 3E has that same service, and and these have been around for quite a long time. Some right. of them, and I would assume that they are fairly easy to, to navigate at this point. I can remember I was in a facility not. Well, it's been a while ago. I was with OSHA, so it's been more than eight years ago. But their process, they had kiosks set up in the facility, mm-hmm. and this kiosk was basically a safety kiosk. They had a fire extinguisher. They might have had a first aid kit. Mm-hmm. They had um, a computer terminal. And you would sit down there, and you would go to this. I don't know if they had their own database established or if they were actually accessing a third party. Mm-hmm. You'd go in, and then you would just pull up the data sheet. And right. I thought, well, this is really cool. So I went over to this employee and I said, hey, man, would you, uh, would you show me how to obtain a data sheet? And he walked over to the computer kiosk and sat down and didn't, couldn't log in. Or there was, you know, something happened that he couldn't right. make it work, threw up his hands and said, sorry, nope. man. And I wrote him a citation, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, it was just that simple. I was like, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Citation. <laughs> Back then, it was only seven thousand bucks, so it was certainly less painful. But you know, what is it now? Just uh, thirteen thousand six hundred fifty-three or something. Right now they've got it. Didn't they tag it to like cost of living increases or they something did. like that? So consumer it's a, price index. Yeah, so consumer, it does okay. fluctuate with the consumer price index now. Yeah. So it probably is different now, twenty twenty-two, than it was last year. Hmm. Or it's in the process of being thirteen thousand. Now again, that's, that's starting. A, they start there. Yeah, that's the highest right. statutory maximum. Right. But that's a pretty high start, man. Oh, yeah. You know, for not being able to obtain a data sheet using your books, or I right. mean, you, you you use those books at one point. Those were absolutely untenable, man. Well, they were pointless, right? They were. Just there was some poor bastard that was assigned to have to like put in new data sheets, pull out data sheets, archive data sheets. What a hor! I mean, inventories. I mean, how do you keep a chemical inventory in an establishment that, that has more than ten chemicals? I don't know how that's even possible. I don't either. And and, and when you have more than ten people that are picking up their favorite yeah. WD forty, right? You know, uh, um, off brand, yeah, whatever. Make, if you got a maintenance department or mechanics or something in your facility, they're bringing their own stuff in. Oh yeah, because they got your stuff doesn't stuff work the way they like it. Grandpa used to make, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've got a little concoction that works really well. <laughs> So I just think there are so many aspects of hazard communication that are really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think probably what's most important is that employees understand the hazards of the chemicals they're working with. Right. Well, and that's something I would, yeah, that's, that's something that I, that I, that I would encourage if you're new and you're kind of doing it is to start with a job hazard analysis. And if, if you write a job hazard analysis for each one of your jobs, that's basically you take the job, you break it down into its basic steps. And then for each step, you go back and you identify what are the hazards that come up in each step. And then for each hazard, you identify what the work rules are. And if you do that for each of your jobs, then you're going to have a ready-made list of the hazards. And where there's a chemical, that's going to come up. Well, I have to to spray this this stuff. Okay, well, what is that stuff? And you would list the safety data sheet and maybe a few of the hazards, but you just refer them to the safety data sheet. 
Mm-hmm. So one of the things I thought was putting a link to the data sheet in the JHA where those come up mm-hmm. and, uh, and that that would be their access. But they still, you know, if they don't have computer access, if they're looking at a piece of paper, yeah. well. I know, yeah, man. I, I was, as I was searching around last night, I was watching TV with one eye and searching my computer with the other. Um, I did find like SDS apps, like in the like the Google Play Store, you can download these SDS apps, but those are driving you to more generic SDSs. They may not be manufacturer specific. So right. if I wanted an SDS on acetone, I could enter acetone into this app on my smartphone, and I would get a data sheet for acetone. The reviews on this app were all very good, very useful. It was you know easily used, whatever. Something like that might be the way this is moving in the future where, you know, just this. It's the mixtures and things like that. It's this oh, those are tough. proprietary stuff yes. that, you know, they. they That's going to be very difficult. It's toluene and acetone and I know. benzene and whatever else all mixed together. To it's really tough. I, yeah, I, this is going to, and this is going to just perpetually be the most frequently cited for a number of reasons. I mean, in Nebraska, as you know, if an OSHA compliance officer initiates an inspection in a Nebraska facility, hazard communication, lockout, tag out, and powered industrial trucks get reviewed every time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've had, like, my, my buddy John Panapinto up at Lincoln Poultry has had 13 inspections in the last 18 months. Oh 13 inspections in the last 18 months. And every time they ask for his HASCOM program, <laughs> and he's like... You've got 12 copies of this in the office. And, uh, well, those are all in different case files. They still actually have physical case files. Shove it in there. So, in theory, they need a they need one for every inspection. It, it's a giant pain in the ass, but it gets a lot of scrutiny. I guess that was my point. Right. They are going to look at Hascom. And so, that makes it, in large part, the most frequently cited because they're always looking at it. Well, it comes out of, too, I think it, it comes out of a time in our history where we, you know, where you didn't have a right to see the, the hazard of, of sort of sure. associated with the chemicals and people were getting cancer. And, sure. you know, there was all kinds of egregious things that were happening out there as a result of that. Yeah. And, and that's what it was intended to address was that egregious level of, of right. carcinogen right. type that, thing. But that, they didn't draw the line at those. They drew the line at hazardous materials, which basically... I, think you could argue that's not this bottle of water but I'll give it a shot yeah but I yeah most things are, yeah. are hazardous in one way or another and so now right. I think it's just grown into this it, organic yeah. and I think you're right I think there was a total lack of transparency people didn't have access to information about the chemicals they were handling right and there was a time when that was really um right. uh, uh, yeah, dangerous I mean you know, when I go into my clients and we talk about hazard communication, we go, we jump through the hoops that have to be jumped through. But what I really want them to know is the basic hazards of the chemicals that they use. So mm-hmm. most often that's going to be something that's either flammable or corrosive or an inhalation hazard, toxic, maybe things like that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when I'm talking to these employees and, and no disrespect intended, but they're typically not chemists. And so when you start throwing around hazard communication terminology, pictograms, you know, this is a a respiratory sensitizer. They're like, what the hell are you talking about, man? This is an oxidizer. (laughs) What what the fuck? I mean, you know, I mean, they just need to know how is this shit going to hurt me? So I've got this aerosol that's flammable and I've got this 
torch. <laughs> These two, bad, okay? This, you know, ignition source, flammable, bad. I've got this corrosive, this, you know, concentrate. Right. And I've got skin, eyes, bad. I mean, I don't mean disrespect, but that's what they need to know. That's it. You and know? That, that comes up in the safety data and the job hazard analysis. Yeah. So it's trying to get, if you get that part of it done, if you do that JHA, and you get the chemicals that they are actually exposed to and the hazards associated with those specific chemicals, then you'll learn something. We had, well, probably shouldn't That's air important. my dirty laundry, but, but yeah, the, you know, there was a situation in, in one of my previous employers where they had this conveyor going, uh, and they were using alcohol to clean the conveyor, and mm-hmm. the conveyor went under this, this UV light, mm-hmm. and the UV light ignited the vapors from the, from the alcohol that caught the rag on fire that she was holding, and it caught her own fire and, yeah. and fortunately she didn't get burned it singed her hair a bit and they put her out but but you know <laughs> yes. that obviously made the jha at yes. that point we were like oh this is something Absolutely. everybody needs to know about. yeah flammables right. and heat sources ignition sources right. that's and what and we where need to are they about. though it's exactly where in the process well that comes up exactly when you're cleaning this conveyor yes you cannot use alcohol here here's why that's really and the so, information that needs to yeah. be conveyed. We spend so much time on this other stuff. Again, so we they, talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, we we tend to hazard? spend a lot of time on things that may be administrative. They may be compliant, re, compliance related, but they're not really hazard related. Right. You know, I mean, it's, and that's, we don't have enough time in the day to spend on some of those things that just, yeah, so just Don't find out what the hazard, what's go. the hazard, ask that question, what's the hazard. Always. Fix that, and then look back at the OSHA standard. Do we comply? Well, we're getting closer. Okay, great. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, uh, start with the hazard and address those. And you know, I, and I then, agree. Yeah. That's good. It's interesting. I, I guess hopefully we will find out at some point whether or not Google will be a reasonable alternative to, you know, a database system, a management system for all of this. You know, I think it. That's how we get all we all get our information. You just make a list of everything you got. Yeah, maybe then, that maybe that's viable. I think you're gonna try it. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <In this case. laughs> I'm gonna go out. on the record as saying I'm gonna let someone else try that. Yeah, we'll have someone else try it. Maybe in Iowa. Yeah, see yeah. Iowa seems to be. Uh, yeah. We're gonna have somebody in Iowa try it. They have you know, flammable <laughs> torch. You know. <laughs> so anyway, hey guys, I want to do a small business spotlight for you. Um, We have been working recently with a company called Wicked OSHA. Uh, Brent Colvin and his team have come up with a really useful solution for safety and health management for small contractors. Uh, It is an app-based system that helps you develop and manage your safety programs, your training, your documentation. I know this is incredibly challenging for small businesses like roofing contractors, small specialty trade contractors, and frankly, Anybody that has a mobile workforce, I think this would be incredibly useful. So go check out Wicked OSHA. It's at wickedosha.com and see if this might be something that you would be willing to give a shot. I think there is a free trial opportunity. And so um, in, in what I've seen of it, I think this is going to be incredibly useful. So go take a look at it. Good discussion as yeah, always, man. Fun. Thanks for coming in. I Enjoyed appreciate it. it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you, you know, you're always very generous with the information. I love the discussion. So again, guys, um, It's Friday, the 14th. Have a great weekend. Stay focused on the mission. It's righteous. It's worth doing right. Our employees deserve our best efforts. So keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you later.